service. Disgraceland is brought to you by Disgraceland All Access. Disgraceland All Access membership is your chance to support the show and get ad-free listening, an exclusive scripted episode every month, and exclusive bonus content every week, plus access to an always-on chat with me and your fellow discos. Visit disgracelandpod.com slash membership or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. Hey, discos. Need a little more Disgraceland in your life? Just a touch to get you through? Yeah, me too. This is the podcast that comes after the podcast. Welcome to Disgraceland, the after party. Welcome to the Disgraceland bonus episode, a little thing we like to call the after party. This is the show after the show, the party after the party, the bridge to get you from one full episode of Disgraceland to the other, the backyard to dig into the dirt. On this episode, we are talking about Justin Bieber, child celebrities, pop star parent monsters, and of course, your voicemails, texts, DMs, and more, and as always, a whole lot of Rosie. All right, discos, let's get into it. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to the Disgraceland bonus episode after party extravaganza. Let's talk about Justin Bieber. That's the first time I've ever uttered that sentence, and I do so because Justin Bieber is, of course, the latest subject that we cover in Disgraceland. Drag racing, pills, potential deportation by petition, and so much more. Uh, Justin Bieber, you know this. He's one of the biggest pop stars in the world. He's been on top since he exploded onto the scene, and he remains there to this day, which is, of course, no easy task. We think it's hard just to get famous, and it is. It's extremely difficult, but you know what's harder? Staying famous, staying more specifically, not just fame. I don't mean famous. Anyone can be famous almost. I mean, like being relevant in the music game. Think of how many of your favorite musicians were relevant for just small periods of time. And then think of the very rare group of musicians who have continuously stayed in the public eye for, for decades. Your Metallicas, your Rolling Stones. Okay, Justin Bieber, you know, he doesn't have the longevity of those guys. Obviously, he's a lot younger, but things are trending in that direction. The guy sold over 150 million albums worldwide, which ranks him higher than the Rolling Stones, uh, just a touch below ACDC, and in the same neighborhood as Billy Joel, Garth Brooks, Drake, and Kanye West, and that is some neighborhood. 150 million albums worldwide, no joke. I got to admit, I was surprised at Bieber's actual success. I'm not a Bieber guy. I'm not listening to Bieber records. I'm not, uh, you know, waiting for his uh, music to come out. <laughs> it's not my bag. You can probably make that assumption fairly easily. Um, he's interesting to me as a subject of Disgraceland for various reasons, which I'm sure you've heard about from the full episode that we just released on him. But my point is, I'm not, you know, Justin Bieber's just this guy who's successful and famous in my mind. I, I don't know how successful or how famous. So when I get to this bit about 150 million worldwide albums, you know, up there with the Garth Brooks and Billy Joel's of the wor world and, and beating the Rolling Stones was just mind-blowing to me. That's fucking crazy. 
Bieber has been on the scene that he exploded onto via YouTube at 16 years old. He's still only 29. Okay, his career is so much greener than those legacy artists that I just mentioned, the Stones, Billy Joel. I still, like I'm sure a lot of you do, and this has nothing to do with age, really, just perception. I view this guy as a kid, though he's not. He's a full-grown man. He's 29 years old. And, and you know, he's been through a lot. He's been through his ups and downs, as as most most rock stars are, most pop stars are, whatever you want to call him. You don't want to call him a rock star. You just want to call him pop star, whatever. I get that. Uh, but he clearly takes what he does seriously. He would not have lasted this long and have had the, and and would not have had this sustained success for this long without taking what he does seriously. The trick, the myth, the trick, the magic trick of being a rock star, a pop star is that they they make it look effortless. And it's not. So much effort goes into it even for the ones who make it seem like no effort goes into it at all. And those, of course, are my favorite types of of artists. But I respect the hustle. Even if I don't particularly love Justin Bieber as a pop star or, or, or get off on his records, I respect the fact that the guy has been in the game for this long and as a young, immature kid, has made his way, as you can hear in the episode, through some, like I said before, through some ups and downs, some real highs, some real lows, and some real bullshit behavior on his part that he has conquered. And who among us hasn't acted like idiots in our youth? We didn't have the pressure, though, of having to do it under the microscope of the whole world watching us, which this guy has had to do. Okay? So in thinking of Justin Bieber and in considering him uh, and this episode, the notion of the child star, it was still, it was, and it it still is front and center for me, okay? Even though the guy's not a kid anymore, I get that. But it's a big part of his story. And it's what led to his success in the beginning, and it's almost, the point I'm trying to make, it's almost what led to his downfall. And it got me thinking, what if, or who if, any other child stars have come close to Justin Bieber's level of success in music? Michael Jackson, of course, he's at the top of the list. But after that, it is a steep drop-off. You've got Usher, who, of course, is part of the Justin Bieber story. You've got Leanne Rimes, Janet Jackson, Donny Osmond, Brandy, Aaron Carter, Lil Bow Wow. The list gets thin real quick. And, And none of those artists, not even Usher or Janet Jackson, reached the soaring career heights or prolonged relevance of Justin Bieber. Now I'm not talking about his his merit as an artist or a creator, right? Like I, I'll listen to Janet Jackson for a week straight before I'll willfully listen to Justin Bieber. But that's just me. That's that's subjective. Okay, that's my taste. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. You might not like Justin Bieber's music, but you gotta just like look at the guy and be like, how the hell did he a not die, b not go to jail, c uh, not fall off the charts? It just makes his story all the more unbelievable. The fact that he was able to overcome all that juvenile bullshit, all that immaturity and maintain his career. It's not something that's really been done. I mean, it's been done with mixed results and disastrous results at that. Remember, things didn't end well for Michael Jackson when all signs seemed to be pointing toward a long and fruitful career for Justin fucking Bieber. Okay? And his story 
it gets interesting with the presence of his old man, his dad, who, without spoiling or rehashing the episode, is, I'll just say, a very complicated obstacle uh, for the character of Justin Bieber. His dad is a problem, okay, or was a problem, uh, to say the least. Not a very good influence at a point in time, which got me thinking, who are the most notorious pop star dads, stage dads, okay? Top of the list. Marvin Gaye's old man. He killed his son, so he's right up there. He's number one. He's the big kahuna. He's numero uno on that list. Joe Jackson, patriarch of the Jackson family. Didn't win any Father of the Year awards, uh, so he's up there. Ditto for Murray Wilson, father of the Beach Boys, Brian Carl, and Dennis Wilson. Uh, well, what other pop stars or musician dads are characters, right? Keith Richards, old man. He seemed like a late-in-life, interesting foil to the Rolling Stones guitarist, right? Jerry Lee Lewis's father, Elm Seemed like a trip. So did Elvis Presley's dad, Vernon, who was fully immersed in Elvis's entourage, the Memphis Mafia, toward the end of Elvis's career, and quite responsible for a ton of Elvis's financial troubles. And as I think about it, the list is longer than I thought it would be. It's it must be a total mindfuck to be a parent living a normal working class life, to then have your child become rich and famous beyond belief. Just try to imagine that. Just try to, if you're a parent out there, just think of your kid, your son, your daughter, your cute little innocent son or daughter, okay? They hit the teenage years, 16, and they become a mega star. And suddenly, you got all this money, you got all this attention, you have all these opportunities, you got all these people. Suddenly, everyone wants to not only hang out with your kid and and, and put them on this track toward more money and more fame and more stardom, but they want to do the same for you. What does that do to you? What does that do to your psyche? You know, I mean, I I like to think that I would handle it the right way. I, I fucking, I know I would, right? And a lot of you know you would as well. But you also know that you know people who are a little unhinged, and their parents. And you might look at them a little side-eyed at the baseball field. You know, you might be like, eh, I don't like the way she talks to her kid, but you don't say anything, you know, because you don't want to be judgmental. It's not your business. Imagine if that person suddenly is the mother or father of the most famous pop star on the planet. What kind of shit show would ensue? It's fascinating to think about. What would, what, how would I, what if it was me? What if I was, what if I was, I didn't have kids until, I didn't have my son until I was, my first son until I was 40 years old. What if I had a kid when I was 21, right? So by the time I'm uh, 37, they're famous, you know? I, I don't know. I like to, I still like to think I would handle it well. But how would you handle it? Maybe you are the parent of a famous kid. Call me and let me know how you handle it. Text me, 617-906-6638. Call me. Let me know what parents or pop stars are the most notorious. All right, I didn't do any research for this. I'm just talking off the throat, shooting from the hip here. I haven't thought about it. as in the, in the course of this recorded monologue here at the top, I've already thought of Britney Spears' parents and what a shit show that is. Obviously, I left, the, I left them off the list, not on purpose. I just didn't think of it. But what other, what other pop stars' parents am I not thinking of that were total fucking monsters, where their kids had, ha, have, have thrived and survived as pop stars that we can compare to Justin Bieber? Are there any? I don't know. I don't think there are. Let me know if you know 617-906-6638 or if we just want to get into the subject of weirdo parents of pop stars. I'm all for that. I've nibbled around the edges in the episodes here with the Marvin Gaye archive episode and his dad. And that was a fucking crazy story. Check that out if you haven't already. 617-906-6638. Get at me. I'm 
I'm sensing a sort of interesting theme here. Hit me and let me know, and I'll be back right after this. All right, 617-906-6638. You know the drill. Call to leave a voicemail to talk Disgraceland or whatever you got on your mind. 617-906-6638. You can leave me a text as well. Though I really dig the sounds of your voices. Just like that of Austin from the 214. Hey, Jake. Austin from the 214. Uh, Love the show. Big fan from the start. After a hiatus, I've been able to get back to it via Spotify. Uh, quick, uh, here's the idea for the upcoming episode or two-part episode. How about something on the Jackson 5 slash MJ, uh, um, history and the rise to, uh, fame might be along the lines of Selena and, um, Marvin Gaye episodes. I'd love to hear your feedback. Give me a shout. See ya. Bye. You're on point, Austin. Welcome back. And yeah, man, I'm into the idea of a Jackson 5 episode. Um, Also, you mentioned Marvin Gaye, who's monster of a father we were just discussing, and Selena, another child star whose story did not end well. So you're you're uh, you're right on point, man. Appreciate it. Um, Keep calling. Let's check in on this voicemail from the 614. Hey, Jake. This is Nikki calling from the 614 Columbus, Ohio. Just wanted to put out there that you should cover the crows. Chris Robinson, Rich Robinson, legendary, fighting all the time. I've actually seen them fight more than one occasion on stage in a concert. It's amazing. They always come back out and do the show, but. And their piano player, Eddie Harsh, man, he's just old and cool and just gotta cover the crows. Anyway, love your podcast. You're awesome. I'm so glad there's someone else out there. Actually, probably. A lot of us out there that are obsessed with music, true crime, and you're awesome. Have a good day. Stay safe. Keep on keeping on, man. All right, Nikki from the 614, thank you for the call. Yes, the Black Crows. I get a request for the Black Crows every couple of weeks, if I'm being honest. But I, of course, know about all the brotherly dysfunction. But what if any real true crime is there? I don't know. Uh, To your point. Vicky, about music and true crime. Is there anything there? Call me back. Let me know. 617-906-6638. We need a true crime to hang these episodes on something. Even Bieber. Even Bieber came up against the law. I wonder what the Black Crows did or how they came up against the law. Of course, I could just research this myself. You know, Google's right here. All I got to do is, you know, type right into it. But uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that, Nikki, because... Right now, I'm talking to you, and I'm recording a bonus episode. Uh, but let me know. Let's do another voicemail here. Let's check out Toby from the 860. Hey, Jake. This is Toby Jackson from Brooklyn. I wanted to tell you to check out uh, Killer Ken. I'm from uh, Hampton, Connecticut, and I've been checking them out. They're a band from New Haven. Um, you know, it's somewhere in between the Stooges, the Dolls, Motorhead, uh, something crazy like that. But uh, anyway, thank you, and thank you for the show. See ya. All right, Toby, man. Yeah, I dig the recommendation. The band, uh, just so you all heard it, Toby mentioned was, the band he mentioned was called The Killer Kin from Connecticut. Stooges, Motorhead, Dolls, right up my alley, man. I'm all over it. Thank you. I will dive in. I was just in Connecticut. I didn't hear any rock and roll, but I was staying at a hotel 
right on the Connecticut line in Rhode Island that was uh, very close. I could see her house. Taylor Swift's house was right there, right there. And it was, it's kind of weird because the night I was there, my sister was at a Taylor Swift show uh, in Foxborough, Mass, about 30 minutes from where we were with my nieces. And I didn't know when I checked into the hotel that it was going to be uh, Miss Swift's place right there. And I thought, oh, the irony, you know, the irony. You know why. You know why. I don't need to tell. I'm not even going to fucking say it. You know. You know. All right. All right. 617-906-6638. Those are some voicemails. Let's do some, uh, let's do some text. Hold on one second. Let me pull up the text machine. All right. From the 217, the musical scene, this is the text, the musical scene of area code 217 is insane. Guitarist Steve Hunter left here and later joined Alice Cooper to record Welcome to My Nightmare. Head East would tell us that there has never been any reason to be flat as a pancake. I don't know what that means. This is the texter. Other legendary sounds got their start and laid their roots. Ario Speedwagon, Dan Fogelberg, and Mudvayne. All from the 217, huh? Where the hell is the 217? Uh, and why would I mention, this is what the text says, and why would I mention to you that Berber dang feeling fighting music to play if I could afford it? Because those are the number one musicians that have come from the 217 area code. Thanks, Jake, for all you do at Disgraceland. Well done, 217. But right back and let me know where you're at. 217. I don't know where that area code is. Steve Hunter, Alice Cooper Band. Uh, Ario Speedwagon has roots there. Dane, Dan Fogelberg. Fogelberg, excuse me, and Mudvayne. All right. Very specific music scene in the 217. Appreciate it. Let's do another. All right. From the 915, Jake, awesome shows. I don't miss an episode of Disgraceland or Badlands. Keep it up, dude. Great, great, great podcast from the 915 Rock and Roll. Thank you, 915. What else we got? 716 writes in, Hello, Jake. Not a Springsteen fan, but you made it interesting as always. Just wanted to know if you've heard the Cowboy Junkies version of Mr. State Trooper. Oh, so good. Uh, I have not, actually. Cowboy Junkies do uh, Joey. Joey, baby. Da, 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 da. Is that Cowboy Junkies? I don't know. Um, but I'll check that out. That sounds interesting. I'm always down for a good Springsteen cover let's see what we got here all the people from fucking indiana are so mad at me more on that later uh in the rap party all right let's keep moving here eric in the 276 writes eric in virginia here in my opinion the springsteen episode is easily a top three episode of all disgraceland seasons just awesome i agree though nebraska is springsteen's best album and sounds more current now than it did when it came out and for a mostly stark and acoustic album it's timeless if you haven't heard the most recent remaster of it on vinyl to my ears it sounds better than it's ever sounded i've never heard nebraska eric on vinyl um i don't think i've ever heard it on vinyl and that's something uh i should probably get it that's a great idea and thank you for uh the props and uh I now want to know if you're saying it's top three episode of Disgraceland of all season, Eric. I want to know what your other two are. What are the other two? And I guess I might as well put the call out to all of you. What are the top three? What are your favorite three episodes of Disgraceland? We've got 120-something episodes now or something like that. I don't even know how many full episodes we have. I should figure that out. But, yeah, let's get a top three ranking here. Three, not five, three. You got to go three. What are your three favorite Disgraceland episodes 617-906-6638-3 because it's harder and nothing worth doing is easy. You know that. 
All right, let me know. Let's do a couple more texts here. I got a lot, and I didn't do a lot last week because of the Warren Zanes episode, so I'm going to keep going here. From the 682, hey, Jake, it's Libby from Dallas. Oh, hey, Libby. First-time texter, long-time listener. I can't tell you how much I love listening to all the Double Elvis content, especially Disgraceland, Badlands, and about a girl with the angel voice, Nikki Lynette. Couple of things for you on the Mellotron for the Run DMC episode. I noticed it was named Nick and Mallory. That's a Family Ties reference, right? That's a good question. Um, I, if I'm being honest, I didn't name that Mellotron loop, so I don't know. So let's just say yes. I'm gonna say yes. Also, she goes on to say. Also, I recently went and saw Spinning Gold, which is not a great movie. <laughs> However, the story of Casablanca Records and Nick Bogart was really fascinating. I really think you could do it justice. That's a fucking great idea. I know there's all kinds of shenanigans going on with Casablanca. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, damn, Libby. That's a good one. Thank you. Lastly, while I'm referencing disco, Libby says, how about the Bee Gees? Lord, that Barry Gibb has some golden pipes. You know, Libby, he really does. Thank you, Jake, for your time and consideration and all the bonus content you've been releasing. Yeah, Libby, you got it. That's a great text. Some really good uh, recommendations there that I'm going to dig into. Let's keep going here. Uh, 561 says, holy shit, the Nebraska episode is amazing. Incredible storytelling. Would love to see more album releases in the future. Uh, Okay, but for real, though, the replacements, because I saw them at ACL in 2014, and they were fucking amazing. Uh, Replacements like Black Crows. Where is the crime? Where is the true crime? I need the true crime. All right, from the 864, Jake, it's Laney. Laney says, okay, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Never liked them. I fucking cannot stand them. I know, I know. We can agree to disagree. Anthony Kiedis' voice grates my soul. Maybe you can change my mind. Good luck. <laughs> love it. I love the energy, Laney. And Laney sends in a photo of her with... Uh, holding up a picture of my book, Disgraceland Musicians Getting Away with Murder and Behaving Very Badly. And under it says, oh, and this made my fucking Mother's Day. Yeah, right on, Lainey. Uh, All right, let's keep rocking. Couple more here. Couple more. Couple more. Let's see here. Jake Dean from Georgia. Just want to say I'm a huge fan. Been listening to Disgraceland since season one. I love it. Whenever people ask me about podcasts, I tell them about this one and point them to listen to my all-time favorite episode, season two. Big Lurch. Love all your other podcasts, Badlands, 27 Club, etc. Keep up the great work, Rockarola. All right. Well, hey, Dean from Georgia, you're going to be happy. We're going to have some 27 Club news coming up very shortly. And uh, how's that? Is that enough text? Should we do some more? What should we do? Let's do one more. From the 515. Hey, Jake, I have a couple recommendations for you for an episode. Have you heard of all the stuff that went down with Every Time I Die? Definitely worth looking into, especially since the lead singer and the lead guitarist were brothers. I won't get into it too much because it's so dirty and so messy. You know, 515, I have heard about it and it's completely fucked up and I'm savoring it and I'm waiting to dive in when I have more time. All right. 617-906-6638. Did I satiate the text thing for you guys? Did I answer enough of them? I know I didn't. I never get to answer enough of them. More coming. All right. More coming week to week. And, uh, I love what we're doing here in the bonus episodes. I love the conversation we're having. I got to figure out a way to extend this somehow. I feel like, you know, these these bonus episodes are supposed to be like 20 minutes. And uh, they end up being longer than the full episodes. And I look at the data and the stats, and you guys are listening all the way through. So it makes me, it tells me that uh, there's got to be a way to extend this conversation, give things a minute to breathe. I love recording these. 
I love talking to you guys. I love the voicemails. I love the texts. Um, love the DMs as well. So you can call me, as I mentioned, 617-906-6638. You can text me there as well. You can also at me on Instagram. I'm, I'm liking Instagram again. Have I told you this? In my love of my my love-hate relationship with social media, I am once again back in love with Instagram. Love, love is love is too strong of a word. But uh, we're out of Instagram jail, thanks to a friend who uh, knows some folks at uh, Meta. HQ and helped us out there. Uh, we were in jail. It was one of those things we were wrongfully convicted. We shouldn't have been, but we were. Unfortunately, it happens. And it was we were in jail for a long time, two plus years actually. And uh, we're out now. I can safely report we're out. Uh, and you know, it's like uh, you know, we, we didn't get any conjugal visits, but I can just tell you that the social, the Instagram, this the Instagram sort of like re hookup. It's going okay. I'm into it. I'm going to keep being into it. Keep hitting me up over there at Disgraceland Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. You know this. Hit me up on any of those places at Disgraceland Pod. Let's read some DMs. All right. At Tracy.Starin hits me up on Instagram to say, have you done or would you think of doing a Disgraceland on Janet Jackson because of the whole wardrobe malfunction thing, which was not her fault and which gave rise to YouTube, less movies, tried to end her career, banning her from all corporate-owned radio and TV stations. And in the end, she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He was me too right out of his job. A total disgrace. Wow, that's a lot of angles in like a... 50 word <laughs> dm i i hadn't thought about it but shit maybe i should that's uh i like that i like the less movies piece of this too uh so thanks tracy dig it all right geisner justin on instagram writes howdy sir huge fan listening while i work certified welder Anyways, love the cast. You do a great job. Amazing subjects. Really, really like the Sex Pistols piece. Spot on. How about stories on Chuck Zito, Mike Ness? Oh, yeah. How about stuntman and director Hal Needham? Thanks, man. Deuces. And then uh, he sends me this meme that says, until you ride with someone with a suspended license, you don't know how many back roads there are. That's true. You don't. Um, uh, Chuck Zito, Mike Ness. I think there's some crime shit there with Mike Ness. I need to look into it more than you, more than just you has recommended that Justin. Uh, so I will check it out. Thanks for getting in touch and thanks for the support. Let's do a couple more here. All right. Justin Boswell writes, just want to say, I totally love the fucking podcast. When I was a touring musician, this show kept me awake a lot of miles. And even now as a regular Joe, when I'm out on the tractor mowing around the wastewater plant, I listened to this and Badlands. Uh, had an idea for an episode. You might have already thought about this, but I think an episode on Badfinger would be fucking awesome because let's face it, what a total disgrace. Uh, sincerely, Boz, I might have read that one in the in the rap party, I'm not sure. But Boz, uh, the Badfinger shit is too sad, dude. I don't think I can go there. It's too fucked up, but maybe I will. I don't know. I got to be in the right state of mind. Thanks for hitting me up. Let's do some uh, Facebook messages. Steve Murphy writes, hey, dude, uh, I know I'm double dipping as I already sent you this message on Instagram. Sorry, but it's Murph from the UK. 0121 area code. Four digit area codes in Europe, apparently. Um, he goes on to say, I've been listening since the first season. How have you not done an insane clown posse episode? The whole story of their fans being labeled as a gang is fascinating. I love you and the work you do. What do you think of what do you think of the Dropkick Woody Guthrie albums? I fucking love them because I'm old now. The Dropkicks are one of the few bands I feel have aged with me. Lot in there, Steve Murphy. Thanks for the support from the beginning. Um, yeah, man, the insane clown posse, the Gigolos. That's that's interesting to me. There was someone writing a book on that whole thing that I was kind of waiting 
to happen before I dipped my toe in the uh, juggalo pond, so to speak. I uh, have not yet heard the new Woody Guthrie, excuse me, the new Dropkick Murphy's Woody Guthrie collaboration that is out. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess the Dropkicks have aged with all of us, right? They keep going. How's that for longevity, right? They deserve, they deserve some props for keeping it up. Um, let's do one more here. Another one from... Uh, Across the pond. Hey, Jake, JT here from Hull in England. Massive fan of Disgraceland and Badlands. Love the Charles Manson crossover episodes. Check out my band, a skiffle punk band. I like that. I like that. A skiffle punk band. Black Kess. We have a song about Benny Hill. Love it. And uh, his love of the Smiths, the movie poltergeist and wrestling. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Benny Hill loved the Smiths. Is that right? You need to tell me more. Um, I got to know, especially because Andy Rourke, bass player of the Smiths, just died like last week or something. Um, and I fucking loved Benny Hill growing up because uh, it was on. My grandfather watched it all the time and it was on over here. And I didn't get half the jokes, but I knew they were naughty and I knew I wasn't supposed to get them. And therefore it made me <laughs> want to watch it more. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure it doesn't hold up well. Anyways, uh, but Benny Hill and the Smiths, I need to know more about that. James Tranmer, get back at us and let us know. Let's keep rocking here with a couple more DMs. All right, Ashley Vaughn writes in, loving the new episodes. Love the Pink Floyd, Sid Barrett, Epp. Uh, ever thought about doing a sort of tour? Not sure what that would entail, but sure, it would be super cool. I did do some live dates before. Got to be honest, man, I don't like being away from my family. I try to travel in little spurts when I have to for work. Um, being out on the road does not appeal to me as someone who spent a large portion of his life road dogging it out there. Uh, not to the extent that some of my friends have and that are still doing, and I don't know how the hell they do it, but God bless them. We need live music. We need people in awesome bands to stay awesome and to keep touring. Um, we need podcasters to be filling halls and stand-up comics, but I just don't know that that's my bag. Maybe I'm thinking about doing one event a year, one or two events per year, something like that. Um, something more specific. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out, but I like that there's some uh, some interest. It makes me feel happy. All right, at Disgraceland Pod on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, 617-906-6638. What are we even talking about? We're talking about so much right now. I feel like I'm at the bar. I'm with like, I don't even know, thousands of my my favorite my favorite people. We're having great conversation. There's, there's so much swinging around the bar. I'm dipping into this conversation about uh, child pop stars and their weird parents. And then I'm talking about Motorhead and the Stooges and the New York Dolls. And uh, I don't even know. We're talking about doing some live tour. It just feels like, it feels good, man. This is a good, good, good talk, Russ. All right. Keep it coming is my point. 617-906-6638. DM me. At Disgraceland Pod, I'm going to take a quick break. I got to drink some tea. My throat is getting tender, and I will be back in a moment with the recommendations part. Hey, are you guys proud dog owners like I am? You ever wonder why so many dogs are suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, you know Katherine Heigl from Knocked Up. She's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation. And she says that she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health 
than ever before. After doing a ton of research, Catherine feels that there's one place that we can all look to improve our dog's health, and that is their food. Many dog foods can actually create toxins that can be wrecking our dog's health. Okay, and this is true even for many of the premium dog food brands. However, by just adding a few special superfoods to our dog's diets, we can see huge transformations in their health. Katzen Heigl has already done this. She's made a video about it. You guys need to watch this video. It's a 20 minute video explaining step-by-step -step how anyone can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. This worked amazingly for my dog, Dusty. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin, uh, healthier coat. Dusty's coat looks fantastic. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com slash disgraceland and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash disgraceland. Hey, Discos, it's Jake here. Thank you so much for listening to Disgraceland. Your support truly means a lot to me, and it's because of you that my team and I are able to make this show. If you want more Disgraceland, if you want more regular interactions with me and the community of Disgraceland listeners, or if you simply want to listen to the show ad-free, go to disgracelandpod.com membership, or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. For just five bucks a month, you can listen to every episode of Disgraceland ad-free. Plus, you'll get one brand new exclusive episode every month. You'll also get weekly unscripted bonus content, special audio collections, and early access to merch and events. There are two ways that you can support the show and become a member at disgracelandpod.com slash membership. You can sign up using Patreon and listen to the show ad-free on Apple, Spotify, and most other major podcast platforms. And Patreon members also get access to all the other perks of membership in an always-on chat where I'll be interacting with you and diving deeper into the world of Disgraceland. But maybe you're currently an Apple Podcast subscription listener and you want to just tap into all the bonus audio content and ad-free listening that we're offering. We're also offering this membership as a premium channel on Apple Podcasts. However you choose to join, all you got to do is go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Support the show for just $5 a month, five bucks, or sign up for an annual plan and get two months free. Come join me and your fellow discos at Disgraceland All Access by visiting disgracelandpod.com slash membership. All right, the recommendations part. This is the recommendations part, the part where we recommend the things that need recommending the recommendations part. All right, what I'm reading, what I'm listening to, uh, the music content that I'm watching, we know we laid down this new world order a couple weeks ago. You guys know what's up over in the Badlands feed. That's where I talk about the movies I'm watching and the television I'm watching. I read your recommendations from the texts and the voicemails that you send me, but you can still text me and voicemail me here. 617-906-6638 for all of your music related recommendations. Talk. Okay. What I'm reading, uh, just finishing up here. I got a couple more chapters of Warren Zanes is deliver me from nowhere. I've been hyping this book for weeks now. You heard Warren last week on last week's after party. Uh, he's an incredible, incredible writer and this is a great book and if you're a Springsteen fan and I know a lot of you are check this book out uh, Warren was also on uh, another podcast by another podcaster of some renown you may have heard of him uh, his uh, uh, his podcast 
name uh, rhymes with uh, Lark Farron, and his show is called uh, s- rhymes with, well, I'm not going to do that, but you can figure it out. Go check that out if you want to. If not, whatever. Just read the fucking book, Deliver Me From Nowhere by Warren Zanes. It's so good, okay? Um, I mentioned, this is going to get to the what I'm watching part. I'm, obs- I'm obsessed with videos again. I mentioned, I mentioned earlier that uh, I was traveling. My wife and I went on a little trip this past weekend. We went down to Rhode Island, went to stay at this uh, beautiful hotel right on the water. Like I mentioned, it was next to Taylor Swift's home um, that I, I didn't realize that when we got there. I only mentioned it because it's fucking weird, and I did a whole podcast on on people stalking Taylor Swift, and then I show up in the hotel next door. Kind of fucking weird, ironic. Um, anyhow... Uh, when we were there, they had MTV Classic on the cable network uh, in the hotel room. I don't have MTV Classic, and we talked about this other channel that I have uh, that I've been continuing to watch. The problem with the Excite uh, 80s channel that I have on my Samsung television app, the problem with that channel is that I found, and now watching it for a couple months, is that they clearly have the licensing for only a small portion of the videos that were made in the 1980s. And there's, there's, there's a lot of repeats that pop up, which I can deal with because that just reminds me of what it was like in the 80s to watch MTV. They just pumped the same shit over and over again. And, you know, how many times can you watch, you know, Paul Simon and Chevy Chase do the whole you can call me Betty and baby you can call me Al or whatever the fuck that thing is that they did. I, I can watch it numerous times because it's great, but that's not my point. My point is I was in this hotel And I'm watching the MTV Classic channel, which I don't have on my cable uh, list of channels. And I got this whole other look into 80s music video uh, uh, culture. And I'm just, I just cannot get enough of it, guys. I don't know what it is. I feel like it's this nostalgia thing. It's just like, it's just pulling me back. Right. It's just like I just want I want to be a kid again in these ways. And this this even stuff I hated and had no interest in George Michael. Uh, you know, I want your sex. It might be it, it, it might be the, the my favorite fucking video from the 80s. It's so good. It is so, so, so good. OK, um, hit me with more of your video wrecks. I asked you a couple weeks ago, hit me with the video wrecks from the 80s and 90s. We'll do 80s and 90s. And then we'll get into it more fully uh, next week. But I'm recommending I Want Your Sex by George Michael. Go to YouTube, watch that incredible video. The little little bit at at the top that he does, the little monologue part about monogamy. What the fuck was that? Why did that have to happen? I want to know. Does anyone know why? Was it too controversial? Was it a type of deal he had to make? Did he have to say that at the top of the video in order for the video to be played on MTV? Uh, there's a George Michael episode coming of Disgraceland in the future as well. Um, this video is great. It's compelling. All right. Um, what else am I watching? Um, it's not music content. I said I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do it. I've been watching the Boston Celtics get owned by the Miami Heat. And you know what? Fuck the Celtics. That's right, Ryan Spraker. Fuck the Boston Celtics. I'm a Boston guy. I'm in on all the Boston teams. But you know what? I'm becoming a Miami Heat fan because Jimmy Butler is a fucking boss. He's a real athlete. And these mucks on the Boston Celtics have, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. I don't know what the problem is. This is a complete lack of hustle and drive and grit and leadership and the shit that like 
the the reason I watch sports and I've been dealing with it. I told you early on, I told you a couple months ago, I think I told you, I told someone I, <laughs> that I'm a fly by night Celtics fan. And you know what? I, I am, I didn't start watching until end of the season coming into the playoffs, but I'm not a fly, I'm a fly by night Celtics fan for a reason because they're fucking impossible to watch. They're the biggest bunch of losers. They're just awful. I've had it with them. I cannot take it. I can't. I cannot take it. I'm publicly uh, claiming right now that I will. I am. I'm renouncing my fandom in the Boston Celtics. Not that I'm. Not that I'm a, 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 a pajama wearing Boston Celtics fan. Not that I have fucking posters of Jason Tatum on my wall. But I did grow up watching and loving Larry Bird, and I still that pulls at my nostalgia strings pretty damn hard. I'm pretty damn hard. I went to a finals game, dropped the cash to go fucking see the Celtics lose to Golden State last year. Had a great time, rooted them on. But you know what? Fuck these guys. I'm renouncing my fandom. I am a Miami Heat fan. How's that? I'm actively rooting for the Miami Heat. You know what you got to do as a sports team to turn one of your fans in the middle of a playoff run into a fan of the team that is kicking your ass? I have a brother-in-law who's a Yankees fan, and I don't understand why or how that even happened, right? He lives in Massachusetts, grew up in Clinton, Mass, and fucking loves the Yankees. He's over the house, my parents' house, fucking rooting for the Yankees. I don't get it. I've never even asked him because I don't want to know because I think it's fucking annoying, but I get it now. I do. I understand. Something like this must have happened along the way, you know? Fuck the Celtics. I've been watching the Celtics. I'm not, I, you know, I, I am watching. I'm going to watch, you know, who knows by the time this airs on Thursday, I'm recording it on Monday. By the time this airs, maybe the Celtics will have won one game, but they're not coming back from this fucking thing. And they don't deserve to come back from this thing. And there's no way you can beat somebody like Jimmy Butler with that pile of garbage that the Celtics are rolling out onto the court every night. So that's my rant. I've been watching basketball. Maybe I should stop because I didn't expect to go on this rant. I didn't expect this to happen. It did. What else am I listening to? Killer Kin. I'm going to double down on what the texter wrote in. He wrote in, said, check out this band, Killer Kin. I do. I check out the bands that people suggest to me. Sometimes I don't like them. Most of the time, not most of the time, sometimes I don't like them. You don't hear about them. I'm not going to talk shit about the band. Killer Kin is good. However, go to Spotify. You can find them there. Go to YouTube. Uh, Mr. Dynamite, that's the single I was listening to that I recommend. Killer Kin. If you're into the dolls, like the texture said, if you're into Motorhead, if you're into the MC5, if you're into this Iggy Pop, over the top, front man, fucking grinding, dirty rock and roll, this is the band for you. You will dig it, okay? All that early punk, which reminds me, Sex Pistols. We just released two episodes on the Sex Pistols, re-released them. They were previously exclusive from when we were on Amazon. They are no longer previously exclusive. Uh, I'm listening to Nevermind the Bullocks. I go back to this record now every couple months. It's so fucking good. It is so, so, so good. Has there been a band, a better band, that made one great record and then just went, you know what, fuck it, we're out. I don't know. Let me know. 617-906-6638. Great bands that made only one great record. Who are they? Are they better than the Sex Pistols? Let me know. What else have I been listening to? Okay, I mentioned Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift was in town. She was playing Gillette Stadium. That's where the Patriots play. Uh... Jammed it out for a couple nights. Some friends went. Some relatives went. Haven't really gotten a report back yet, except for my nieces. Heard it was good. Uh, heard it was great, actually. I mean, I, 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 I obviously, we all know what a phenomenon Taylor Swift is. But I think we need a new word for what the phenomenon is. It's more than a phenomenon. 
She's she's transcending some level of popularity that I've never seen before as a person who studies pop culture and music history. There's something going on here. And I, I get it on one level, but on another level, I don't get it at all. I mean, she's great, but there's a lot of great artists. You know, and I'm not going to pretend, like I said about Justin Bieber, I'll say the same thing about Taylor Swift. I'm not sitting around, you know, dropping, you know, Taylor Swift vinyl on my turntable at night and mixing up a martini and chilling out. Not what I do, okay? But I can, I can get it. And there are some songs that I can I can get into more than others. And as I said, I was staying at this place that was close to her house. I was looking into the history of it. There's a track on her new record, on one of her, is it her new record? What is Folklore? When did that come out? All right, I'm going to look that up. Taylor Swift Folklore. Okay, so 2020. Uh, there's a track on this record that is about the history of the house that she bought that she lives in in Rhode Island. The track's called Last Great American Dynasty. Great track. Check that out. She's a great storyteller. As you know, I don't need to pump Taylor Swift's tires here, okay? Uh, can she play forward for the Boston Celtics? I, maybe. I don't know. She can do a lot. They can't do shit, so who knows? Uh, I'm also listening to the 1988 masterpiece Easy Does It by Easy Motherfucking E because you know Easy E is coming up next in Disgraceland. Go back to that record. That record doesn't get enough love. It, it was it was overshadowed by all the other stuff that was going on with Easy and with Dre and the whole Compton thing and then the Suge Knight stuff, but that, that record's really fucking good. Uh, check that out if you haven't already. Get ready for that Easy popping in your feed. That's coming uh, next Tuesday. Send me your recommendations. Let me know what I need to be listening to. I listen to, I like everything. I really do. There's not a style of music, of Western music, Western culture music that I don't like really, that I can that I can confidently sit here and go, I don't like that. So hit me. Let me know. All right. I'm always looking for good stuff, particularly as the weather starts to get warmer. I'm having a big party this weekend with my family. It's going to need some stuff to throw on the playlist. Let me know. What are your what are your summer, your your, your Memorial Day playlist listening recommendations? Hit me up. 617-906-6638. Got to take a quick break back in just a moment. All right, let's recap, shall we? Number one, Justin Bieber is the most recent release in the Disgraceland feed. Number two, we have also recently re-released in the Disgraceland feed a two-part episode on the Sex Pistols as well as our episode on Taylor Swift. Number three, coming up next in Disgraceland, Easy E. And number four, the Boston Celtics are dead to me. Number five, special top secret rock star interview in next week's After Party. Okay, you don't want to miss that. Got something special coming up. You're going to like this guy. You know him, you're going to love him. All right? If you don't already, you probably do. You probably love, you probably love him more. You definitely love his band more than you love me. I know that. All right? Uh, here's my number, so call me maybe 617-906-6638. Let's read some bliss-inducing vintage telephone Text from the greater Dallas area in honor of me not wanting to have to look up something relative to this episode. Here we go. Red Noodle Club. Live entertainment. Open seven days until 2 a.m. Mixed drink. 6420 Lemon. 3575775. 
Red Oak Valley Country Club, Route 1, Red Oak, Texas, Dallas, number 223-4550. Regular Fellows Club, 3024 Park Row, 4289957. Ritz Pub, 2621 McKinney Ave, 8249491. Rotary Club of Dallas, Baker Hotel, 742-5451. Sahara Club, 3005 East Abram, 261-9521. Ships Club, 2138 Fort Worth Avenue, 9430105. SIDS, 5102 South Lamar, 428-0955. Silver Q, 10647 Harry Hines, 351-9506. Red Noodle Club, live entertainment. Quit talking and start mixing. Cut it.